The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. As many of you know, I run a clubhouse room on Saturdays with many amazing moderators, and we discuss the topic of self-sabotage. In fact, our room is there to help people negotiate their way out of self-sabotage. So let's talk a little bit about what self-sabotage is. I'm going to start by saying that the definition of sabotage actually includes to deliberately destroy, damage, or obstruct something. The key word there is deliberately. When we hear of an act of sabotage, we know that somebody has actually either destroyed, damaged, or obstructed something. It was a deliberate act. It wasn't an accident. Now, when it comes to self-sabotage, well, that refers to behaviors or thought patterns that hold us back and prevent us from living the life that we want to live, the life that we deserve to live. Now the question becomes, is it a deliberate act? In many instances, it is, because once we become aware that we are sabotaging ourselves, that we're not moving forward, that something is preventing us, that we're not being our best selves, then that is a deliberate act if we continue to give in to it. Now some of the examples of self-sabotage include, and when I say this, I want you to take a moment, and think about your own life. Is this something that you're doing? And if it is, then it is an act of self-sabotage. Once we police our thoughts and we become aware of what we're doing, it's our responsibility to stop doing it. Now, it's not that easy, I know, but it can be done, and I'm gonna give you a couple of hints on how to do that. So here are some examples on self-sabotage. Blaming others when things go wrong. Now, that's a big one. Whether it be a job or a relationship, when things go wrong, many people point the finger at their bosses, their co-workers, their surroundings, whatever, their pasts. And they say, you know what, it's because of him or her or the way that I was brought up. That's what it is. In a relationship, the same is true. You point at the other person and say, it's their fault. They didn't understand me, whatever. Well, stop doing that. That's crazy. We have to really examine ourselves. One of the great things that we can do is to take some time every week or two to examine our lives, to see what is going right and what's not going right, and to make the changes that we want in our lives. I can talk about that further uh, at some other point, but right now, blaming others when things go wrong requires you to take a real look into yourself. Take accountability for yourself. See if there are things that you need to change to improve your circumstances. Maybe the job isn't right for you. Maybe the person isn't right for you. Or maybe you're not right for the job or the person. Do some self-examination. Socrates once said, an unexamined life is a life not worth living. 
So if you're pointing the fingers at other people and you're doing this or you're pointing the job or pointing your finger at the job or your past, stop doing it. Take a look at yourself. Be accountable to yourself and make the changes that you need to make. Another one is choosing to walk away when things don't go right. Very similar to blaming others, you're not taking responsibility. You're not facing what needs to be faced. You're putting your head in the sand and you're saying it's all going to go away. Well, guess what? It's not. It's not all going to go away. In fact, I guarantee you that it will poke up its ugly head at some other point. So if you choose to walk away when things don't go right, they're not going to get right on their own. You're going to have to do some work. That's your responsibility. And I hope that you step into that power that you have, that you reach in and say, okay, I can deal with this. I got to take a deep breath. Here we go. So that's another example of self-sabotage. Procrastination is another one. Feeling that, that sense of overwhelm. So procrastination has two parts to it. Number one, you procrastinate because the task is big or it appears big because you're looking at its entirety. You're looking at the whole thing going, I can't possibly do all this. Well, guess what? You don't have to do it all at once. In many instances, you can do it one step at a time. Do it for five minutes or 10 minutes and then work on that. Don't look at the entire project. Look at what you can control in the moment. And that is very important. The second part of procrastination is that sometimes we're not equipped or we don't have the ability or the knowledge on how to do something. That's not really procrastination. It only becomes procrastination if you put it on the back burner and you just don't deal with it. What you should be doing is looking for somebody who has the talents, the means, and the ability to do it, and then getting it done. Hiring somebody, that's okay. Guess what? If it's not going to get done, take a little bit of money or whatever it requires and just do it if it's that important to you. Another uh, form of self-sabotage is picking fights with friends or partners for what appears to be no particular reason whatsoever. Often that is rooted in the fact that you feel that you're not being seen or you feel that you're not being heard and you want this interaction with the person or persons that you're arguing or yelling with. Well, instead of taking an aggressive approach to this, try talking. Try talking to them. Try saying something like, I feel like you're not seeing me or you're not hearing me. I feel like you're not listening. Start a loving conversation with that other person, whoever it is. If their relationship to you is that important, don't start a fight. That's not the right way to get things done. Talk to them. Open the conversation and be prepared to speak and to listen because they have a point of view as well. Here's another one. Dating people you know aren't right for you. Going back to the same kind of toxic relationships that you've gone to in the past. You tend to think, guess what? I only attract people who cheat on me. Well, if that's the vibration that you have, if that's the belief that you have, what are you transmitting to all those potential partners? That you are untrustworthy or that you just don't trust other people. Guess what? You're going to attract what you believe. So change the vibrations that you give. Take a look at yourself. Again, this goes into self-examination. If you want that quality relationship, are you the quality person? 
Are you bringing something of quality to attract the same? And it's within you to be that person that you want to be. Make the changes. What must I do to attract this wonderful person into my life or this wonderful type of person into my life? It goes the same when you're talking about a job. What must I do to get this job, to become this person, to become this example, whatever it is? Do not just put yourself down. Because once you do that, once you don't believe in your value, then other people won't believe in your value either. And you will attract the same type of person because that's the vibration that you're sending out. A lot of work to be done there, but it can. There are dating coaches out there. There's all kinds of people who can help you. It starts with a mindset. Being a person of value by doing the things to bring your value up. So here's another one. Trouble stating your needs and desires. A lot of people have trouble stating their needs and desires with family. I have listened to so many young people who have taken careers that they didn't want because their parents insisted on it. And they lived a life that they hated. They despised it. And some even committed suicide. It is so important that we state our needs and desires with the people that matter to us, the family members, our friends. Even at work, we have a right to state what our needs and desires are within a particular spectrum, of course. How about this? Some people don't state their needs and desires in romantic relationships. Can you imagine? If there is something that you need or desire in a relationship, a romantic relationship, you don't mention it to the person that you are in that romantic relationship with, what is that about? Come on. It is so important, especially at the very beginning of a relationship, after the first, second date, you start to get to know each other. It's so important to talk about your values, what it is that you desire, what it is that you want, and to see whether you're, you're a right match with the other person. A lot of people have trouble stating their needs and desires in everyday interactions with others, and it's okay. It matters how we state those needs and those desires. And we can do it in a friendly, a loving way. We can do it as a mature individual. That's so important. Another example of self-sabotage is comparing ourselves to others. So many people compare themselves to what they see on social media, especially when they go to places like Instagram or Facebook and they see these people who are living these amazing lives or appear to be living these amazing lives. Well, they're not always living those amazing lives, and yet that person, you, may be comparing your life to theirs. Why would you do that? Because when you do that, it allows them to drive your behavior and emotions. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in control of my behavior and emotions. I don't want anybody else uh, driving those things for me. Eleanor Roosevelt said that nobody can hurt your feelings unless you give them permission. And when you compare yourself to others and you feel unworthy or not enough, then you're allowing them to drive your behavior and emotions. Now, Remember that there's one thing that you're better at than anyone else, and that's just being you. You're unique. You're amazing. This is, this is you. And be the best you you possibly can. If you're going to compare yourself to anyone, compare yourself to yourself and who you were 
six weeks ago, six days ago, six months ago, six years ago, whatever it is. Am I a better person? Am I moving forward? Am I doing the right things in my life? Are these the things that are really motivating me? Life becomes about being a better version of ourselves once we put our minds to it. The recipe for happiness comes from within ourselves. It's not from anybody else or any other things. It comes from what we choose to be happy about. And if you're going to compare, I'm going to repeat it again, compare yourself to yourself, who you were yesterday, a month ago, a year ago. Now, another big one, a big example of self-sabotage is blaming and shaming ourselves for things that we've done in the, in the past, wrong things. If we've hurt somebody's feelings or if something didn't work out, we go back and we revisit that and we said, I should, never should have hurt this person or I should have done this differently or I should have or I could have. When we blame and shame ourselves, we are doing ourselves an injustice because you're not that person anymore. You've grown. You should have grown. You're standing on the shoulders of that person that you once wore. Why would you go back with your bags all packed to the poor me hotel? Go back and say, I should have been better. I could have saved this relationship. I could have done this. I could have done that. Oh my goodness. No, that does not serve you in the least. What's important is it if you're going to go back and take a look at that instance, that time that you hurt somebody, are you the same person? And if you are, kick yourself in the butt and start doing the work. Because dear friend, if you don't make the changes, if you don't take responsibility and accountability for who you are today, you're never going to change. So if you go back and you take a look at this particular instance in which you could have done better, don't blame and shame yourself. Just learn from it and say, I am standing on the shoulders of that person that I once was. I'm no longer that person. And if you need to reach out to the person that you hurt and ask for forgiveness, do so. And also forgive yourself while you're at it. That's a real big, important one. And learn from the experience. Move on. It is your responsibility to become the best version of yourself. This is your life after all. Nobody's going to live it for you. So choices. Choices are so important for us to make. Now, another example of self-sabotage comes down to listening to that little voice in our heads that sounds just like us little liars, right? They sound just like us. And you know what they say? Those little voices say, I can't do anything right. So I'm not even going to try. I never succeed. So I'm not even going to put an effort into it. Why does this always happen to me? Why me? Well, just like going to the poor me hotel, you can also go to the why me bar, which is inside the poor me hotel. And the why me bar sells these dirty drinks at half price. You go in, you say, why does this always happen to me? It doesn't happen to anybody else. Why me? Why me? Stop that. Stop and challenge those voices. Be aware of them. Other voices will say, nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I don't get along. I'm not worthy. Those are all things that you can challenge because you are as worthy as anyone in this world to feel love, to be successful, to have a great relationship. And start by loving yourself. Start by 
dating yourself and being the person that you want to be so that you can attract other amazing human beings into your life. We are, we are limitless. There's so much that we can do. The problem is many of us are afraid of taking those steps. Many of us won't take those steps because we're afraid of being judged. This is a big one. A lot of our failures comes down to the fear of being judged by others. We're afraid of what they're going to say, how they're going to feel about us. Well, guess what? They're going to think about you for maybe 10, 15 seconds. Then they're going to worry about their own lives. When we start to fear the judgment of others, we're not living our life to the fullest. We're not believing in ourselves. We're letting other people drive those emotions. That's a big one. So step into your greatness and do the work that is required to be done in order for you to be that person who gets this job, that person who gets this success, that person who runs this business, that person who is worthy of this great relationship. It's all within your ability to do it. And I tell you, there are certain steps that you can take to make this happen. So let's take a look at some of those steps. Number one, examine your narrative. What is it you're telling yourself? If it's outdated, it's time to change it. Again, it comes down to what Socrates says about examining your life. It's so important to take a look and say, okay, well, guess what? This relationship is not working well. How am I responsible or am I responsible for any part of that? And what must I do? And if it's a relationship that you don't want, cut it out. It's extra weight that you don't need. There are certain people in your life who are toxic, certain people in your life that you don't need, so cut them out. But if you're looking at a relationship and you're seeing that it's not working, what can you do to build the bridge, to open the channels of communication once again? So examine your narrative. What is it that you tell yourself and challenge it? So much comes down to examining the narrative and challenging it. In his book, Learned Optimism, Martin E.P. Seligman uh, speaks about the inner narrative challenge. And he says it comes down to A, B, C, D. A is the adversity. So if you're examining your, your narrative and you're telling yourself that you're not good enough. So examine that adversity. That's the A. Now, the B is the belief that we attach to the A. So if I believe that I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy enough, the belief I'm going to attach to it is that I'm unworthy. I'm just a piece of crap, whatever. I'm never going to amount to anything. That's the belief I attach to it. Now the C, so we've gone from the A, the adversity, that belief that you have, that thing that you keep telling yourself that is no good, the B, the belief that you attach to it, and we go to the C, the consequence of of that belief. Well, the consequence of not believing that you're worthy enough or that you're good enough is you won't try anything. You won't take a shot. You won't ask for the job. You won't ask for the date. You won't, you won't go out and socialize, whatever. There's a consequence to it. So you have the A, the B, the C, and now you have the D, your ability to dispute. D stands for the disputation I dispute that. I am worthy enough. Start using the I am statements. I am amazing. I am powerful. I am loving. I am worthy. I am. Start your day off with intention. I do. I know that a lot of people start their days off 
just by chance. They get up, they they might grab a breakfast, take a shower, clothe their bodies, and out the door they go. Well, why not starting your day off deliberately? And what I mean by that is the first thing you do after you wake up and you kind of stretch, take a few moments to be grateful for the things that you have in your life. Those wonderful, amazing things that you have in your life. The people in your life, the, the roof over your head, the food that you have, the health that you have, the fact that you woke up. doesn't take long to be grateful for the things that you have. The next thing is to get into the right mindset. Set your day off with intention. Today is going to be amazing. Talk to yourself. Give yourself these mantras. Today is going to be amazing. Nothing is going to get in my way. And then the I am statements. I am powerful. I am amazing. I am resilient. I am me. And just go on out there and take on the day with intention. You clothe the inner side of your body and the exterior of your body. Important to look into the closet of your mind. Because in the closet of our minds, we have, I'm going to imagine, two kinds of closets. Number one, that's a dark closet. That's a closet that you want to keep closed. It holds within it regret, that shame and blame I talked about, uh, fear, all that kind of stuff. It's a dark closet. You want to keep that one locked. What you want to do is go to the other side of the hallway into the closet of light and bright. That one has these beautiful, wonderful garments, hope, love, faith, endurance, all these things. You want to go in and pick an attitude. My attitude today is one of success. My attitude today, I'm picking this one. I'm going to pick love and success and gratitude. I'm going to pick all these up. And you do that with intention. Only takes about five minutes, folks. Five minutes to start your day off with intention. That way, when something happens, you won't be reactive to what happens. You'll be responding to what happens. You'll be taking a moment to take a look at what happened and choosing your response to it. Viktor Frankl, he was an amazing individual, and he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. He was captured by the Nazis and put into a concentration camp, and he knew that at any time he could be, he could be killed. He could go to the chambers. But he observed, he was a doctor, and he observed the behavior of others. And he wrote this wonderful book, again, Man's Search for Meaning. And he says this. He says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and freedom. Now think about that for a moment. We are not or should not be first reactors, just reacting to everything that happened. We should be first responders, taking a moment to say, okay, that just happened. I'm good. I can deal with this. Most people don't see that space. They simply react. Take control of that space, and doing so can make all the difference. When you experience an emotion, it's a signal to pay attention. So take a deep breath. Ask yourself, what really happened here? Now, if you're going to speak, if you're going to make a statement, well, make it a question. 
If it's somebody who came to you and they said something and you take a deep breath, ask a question instead of getting angry and just blowing up. Don't be too quick to attach meaning to it either. If somebody says something that could be harmful to you or could hurt your feelings, take a deep breath. Just imagine what they may be going through right now because hurt people often hurt people. Maybe there's something underlying what it is that they just said. Take a very deep breath and just look at them and say, hey, where did that come from? Are you okay? You doing all right? And just remind yourself that you are in control. You are responsive and not reactive. Now, a few other thoughts about dealing with self-sabotage. Nothing changes if nothing changes. If you go on the same way that you are right now with no belief in yourself, no courage, no confidence, fearful, whatever, nothing's going to change unless you challenge it. Nothing changes if nothing changes. How do you see yourself? That's a big one. How you see yourself when you're alone says a lot about who you are. So how do you think other people see you? How would you like other people to see you? Because a lot of us don't even think about that. If we want other people to accept us, if we want other people to, to embrace us, then we have to be the people that should be accepted and should be embraced. And that really comes down to our actions and to what we say and how we feel about life and about ourselves. Love begins with the self first. Love yourself. Make the improvements that you need to make. It is as important as eating the right food and exercising. Your mental wellness is just as important. It is nobody else's responsibility to take care of your, well, your wellness, your mental wellness or physical uh, wellness for that matter, other than you. You're the one who ought to be taking care of it. So examine that self-talk. Monitor it. Become police officers of it. You know, take a look and say, if your body will sometimes tell you something's wrong. Maybe you'll find or feel a, a tightness in your chest and you think, what's that? Just think about what is it I'm thinking about right now? Am I putting myself down? Am I listening to those little voices, you know, putting me down? And you need to challenge that. Again, go into the A, B, C, and D, important, dispute those negative thoughts. Now, who would you become if you released that negative belief of yourself? Who would you become? I know that you'd become an amazing person. I know that you have that potential. You have that that amazing ability. We all do. We have the ability to be limitless. We are only limited by the thoughts that we give ourselves. When we see successful people, it's because, well, they didn't give in to those negative thoughts. They moved beyond them. And guess what? All those successful people, they've likely failed dozens of times before, but they kept on moving forward. That's the important thing. We have to keep on moving forward no matter what it is that we are dealing with. Now, I want you to remember that not all thoughts you think of are true. Sometimes they're just remnants of the lies that you were told by bullies or others who have hurt you in, in the past in your life. They're not true. The truth is within you. The truth is up to you. The truth is what you deal with and how you deal with it. Now, I want to remind you, too, that you can step into your power. You can step into your confidence. You can step into your courage. You can step into all those things. I'm going to end this podcast off with 
Rocky's inspirational talk to his son. I don't know about you, but I love the Rocky movies. I think still Sylvester Stallone created a great character, and it symbolizes so much. And in his movie, Rocky Balboa, he said this. He was talking to his son, and his son felt that he couldn't live his life in the shadow of his father, who was so popular, and he was, boo-hoo-hoo, look at me. Well, Rocky looked at him, and he says, the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you're hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, go and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. And I want to remind you, you are better than that. So go on out there and just believe that you can and what you tell yourself will manifest itself. Because the conscious mind is an amazing thing. And when the conscious mind says something, the unconscious mind agrees with it. So go on out and tell yourself that you're amazing, you're fantastic, you're awesome, and live the life that you deserve to live. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 